0: kids to stay this morning because your teacher is sharing this morning. I knew that. You knew that. Yeah. And uh, boy, I guess all the uh, the preliminaries are all done, so uh, we're welcoming them back. With, they've been back with us for a, a week and a half, and I was very glad they came home safely. My wife Shannon and my son Matthew were in Kenya. We asked them to come. F- well, What were we doing first? Okay. They're... Uh, They've uh, made a slideshow of their trip to Kenya, and uh, Shannon's going to come after slideshow and give the kind of the background and things on on what they've been what they're doing there. But they were there for two and a half weeks, um, briefly just uh, ministering to churches and in the Bible College, encouraging the pastors there. And this uh, I think it's a great slideshow. It goes really fast, so you just get a taste of it. They have a thousand pictures. You're not going to see all thousand. <laughs> <laughs> but but they've got over 200 pictures in the slideshow in five minutes, and so it'll go quick. But you'll get a taste of it. And if anyone's really interested to see more, they'd be glad to. You know, we can get the computer out and you could see all of them. But here's the, the slideshow from Kenya. Don't forget the lights. Sure. I'm going to translate for.
1: If anyone knows me really well, this isn't always my favorite thing to do. (laughs) But, um, gosh, it's so good to be here this morning. I was thinking during worship it's probably a bad thing when it's a treat to be in service at the church you attend. (laughs) But it's, it's good to be here. And last night we were putting together this slideshow. Matthew really put it together. I thought he did a great job. And... Last night when we were watching it, it really hit me that we went to Africa. <laughs> we were actually there and and we're a part of what the Lord was doing with our brothers and sisters overseas and it was such a blessing to be there. It was an amazing experience. I think we were so busy before and then of course once we got there it was just hit the ground running and then We've been on vacation since we got back home, and I don't think I had time to really process everything that had happened, So, but we really want to thank you. Thank you for your support and your prayers and your love and encouragement to go, because it really did feel like a privilege to be able to be over there. Um, I was going to share a little bit on the history of the ministry that goes on in Kenya, and a little bit about what we had done while we were there, and then Matthew's going to share some, some fun and interesting stories, the things that God did. Um, if any of you have been here for any amount of time at Christian Center, I'm sure you're familiar with the ministry that goes on over in Kenya. Christian Center's been involved for 14 years. You can help me with the details. I'm not so great with them. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, I know back in 1959, Leonard Fox had established a harvest-filled Bible college over in Kenya. And through the years, um, Pastor Death and Leonard Fox have a relationship, like a mentor relationship. And through their relationship, Big Bear Christian Center had gotten involved with risk Field Bible College over in Kenya. Um, we've, we've been a part of a lot of exciting things that have happened there. We've put kids, students through the Bible College. We've been a part of buying properties and building for their churches and building their churches and getting bicycles For all the pastors, because normally they have to walk or get public transportation, which isn't always available where they are, and they can't always afford it. We've provided Bibles in their language, so we've been really involved and um, a real blessing to the ministry over there. About, I would say, 14 years ago, Pastor Steve Fox, Leonard Fox's son, was senior pastor at Inland Christian Center and highly involved in the ministry in Kenya, and really had a vision for the ministry that was going on over there. Kenya is divided into districts, much like California is divided into counties. And he wanted an apostolic oversight for the districts over in Kenya. So, again, Christian Center was involved and sent out. Pastor Mike and Trish to be an oversight for one of the districts, Yaga District, and that's the district that we went to, that we visited. Um, Mike and Trish have been involved for 12 years now, faithfully going. So they're very involved with the pastors and their wives and the congregations, very invested. So it was exciting to be with them because they're so established there. Uh, roughly. I'll just kind of do an overview of what we did when we were over there. We started out arriving to the Baba College, which is in the town called Limuru, for a few days just to get over the jet lag, and spent some time with the students. They have second-year students there right now, and they, we, we were a part of their chapel. They have chapel every morning, so we shared a bit about us, ourselves, because this was Matthew and my first trip. And um, and they were dedicated to praying for us every day while we were in the district. They did that faithfully. Then from there, we traveled out to our district, Kirinyaga District, where we started out with a pastor's conference, one-day pastor's conference. And this year, it was really on Trisha's heart to minister to the pastor's wives, pull them out and have some time just with the women. So Trish and I ministered to the wives, and there was great feedback with that. There also was a question and answer time where they were just free, the pastors and their wives were just free to answer those questions and concerns that they have for the just different things that go on in their con- congregation. So that was really, there was a really good response to that. From that point, we visited 13 churches in the district. 14 churches? We did two a day. And we would all, we were a group of six of us. Our team was six of us. Of course, it was Matthew and I, Pastor Mike and Trish, and the overseer, Pastor Helam, for all the churches in the Kirinyaga district that are underneath the covering of Harvest Filled Bible College. And then Abel, who I think, Bishop Abel, who has been here to minister before, he was our driver and our translator. And he shared as well and became a very dear friend to us in a short period of time. We missed him. It was hard to say goodbye to him. Um, wonderful man of God. He is a teacher and principal over at Harvestville Bible College, has his own church. You might have gotten a quick peek of that. It was um, worship, Kingdom Worship Church. he That's his main church. He has 20 churches under him. And he's also building an orphanage, and 95 children are waiting to be placed in the orphanage right now. So for him to take the time out to drive us to the different churches and to translate was just a huge blessing, and he's a mighty man of God. Um, so anyways, we would go to the churches, and we would all share what the Lord had put on our heart for that church, a scripture, word of encouragement, exhortation, and... Um, right, right before Pastor Mike would bring the Word of God, Matthew and myself and Trish would all go outside and minister to the kids. And really, Matthew was in charge of that. He did a wonderful job. God's really gifted him to minister to the kids. And he would teach the kids a simple song with some hand motions, and he would bring the message, the gospel message. We would leave them with bracelets that just told the simple message of salvation through colored beads so they can be reminded of their newfound faith and share the message of salvation with their friends as well. It would always amaze me, I've never experienced this before, the crowds that we would draw, because we would normally go outside of the church. It's summertime over there right now, so it's hot. We would find a field and a shady spot and take our group of kids But they would come out of nowhere. I mean, literally, there's cornfields, and these kids would come out of the cornfields, and this huge crowd would be drawn. But it was so exciting because the gospel message was being preached. And so I don't know if you've gotten some of those pictures. There was a progression of a small group and then a larger group because we would always tend to end up with a large group of kids, which was really exciting to be a part of because in general these churches haven't really placed a lot of value on ministering to the children but there's a mind shift that's been coming in the last couple years and so we really saw a real push and we were setting an example as half of our team was going out to minister to the kids to say these kids are valuable To, to get them passionate and zealous for the Lord and build a foundation they're our leaders they're our future. They can change the face of Kenya. They can change the face of our country. And so, and I kept thinking about that scripture in Mark 10, 13 through 16, where the parents wanted to come. Jesus was ministering, and he wanted to, they wanted Jesus to bless their kids and pray for their kids. And the, the, uh, the disciples were saying, no, no, he's too busy for that. And he, he rebuked them. And he said, no, I want to bless them. I want to pray for them. They have value. You have to have the mind of a child to enter into the kingdom of heaven. We have to set aside our our thinking. We have to be humble before him in order to come into the kingdom of heaven. And these guys know how to do that. It's simple for them. The message of salvation is deep and profound and yet simple enough for a kid to come to him. So thank you. If there was one thing that I really wanted to leave with you before Matthew comes up, is um, the scripture that talks about pressing into the Lord with all of our heart, with all of our mind, with all of our soul, and with all of our strength. I was really challenged in a lot of ways while we were there. We all were individually, but we had a choice. I mean, we had to either move forward. There really wasn't any going back because, you know, Africa's far away. (laughs) So we just, our only choice was to press into him and to move forward and to overcome personal struggles and overcome the things that came against our team at times. And as I pressed into him, he pressed back into me. And out of him flowed his ability to do what he called me to do and what he called us to do as a team and what he called us to do individually. And so if I can encourage you, love him with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. That's not just a cute saying. It's scriptural. That's with everything we have, setting everything aside. And he will give us the ability to do what he's called us to do, love our wives, love our kids, whatever ministry he's called you to do. So anyways, if I can encourage you, I know I was encouraged by him. And thank you again for sending us.
0: Question for Ed. Did he leave? Is this peaking or is it a battery? It's peaking. Okay, as long as you're on it. Thank you. Are right, we're going to have Matthew come up and um, he's going to share. And uh, from, from my understanding, um, Matthew came a little bit more alive even than he's been here. You know, Matthew and Shannon are both really involved in and even though he's my son I'm going to brag on him not because he's my son but you know he's just he's he's got a heart for the things of God. He's one of our life group leaders here at the church. He works on the sound. He's learning to play bass. He he started working with kids at about 11 years old and uh, phew, he'd go and volunteer at kids clubs up in Oakdale. And he became an Awana leader. They sent him off to training at like 12, 13 years old to get some extra training because, you know, <laughs> so, so it's been real exciting. But um, I, I'm afraid to give him the microphone because one of the things that happened over there is that he turned into a preacher.
2: <laughs>
0: and uh, so, but uh, he's going to come and he's going to share uh, just some things that God showed him and, and you know, what's, what's on his heart. And 11.15. Um, 11, 11.15. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> at the most... Okay.
2: Uh That reminds me of a funny story. Um, Bishop Abel, he had, at one point he had come over to the States and he was speaking at various churches. And one of the churches he went to, the worship um, service, the worship had gone over a little bit so they were running late. And so uh the pastor comes up to Bishop Abel and says, you know, you can speak as long as you want, as long as you're done by 1230. It's 1215 right now. <laughs> so... You know, it's kind of like, oh, thank you. Um, but uh um, first off, I want to agree with everything my mom said. It was amazing. And I want to thank you so much, so, so, so much for your prayers and your encouragement and your support um, financially and in your prayers and in everything. So thank you so much. Um, I want to start out with a little bit of... <laughs> You know, this didn't just come, um, me going to Africa, I believe, I God personally, God has recently kind of revealed this to me a little bit, you know, this didn't just come out of nowhere. You know, God's been, I feel like God's been really working in my life throughout the last couple of years to training me and preparing me for this trip. Um, as my dad said, well, I'm going to go back a few years, when I was eight years old, um, I came to my aunt and uncle and because I knew that they had been going to Africa for several years now and I asked them if I could go to Kenya with them one year. And my aunt Trish said, Sure, we'd love you to come. J um you know go ahead and pray about it and maybe God will hear you and answer your prayers. Well, I prayed about I probably prayed about it once and because I was eight that was the last time I prayed about it. <laughs> so um so, uh, But, um, a few years later, I began to, um, God gave me this, began to give me this passion for working with children and going, doing children's ministry. At this time, I was 10 years old. So, I started, the way, where I started with working with kids was I began to, um, babysit my siblings. Um, you know, it's cheap babysitter. And, uh, so, I began to babysit my siblings. What? <laughs> and I began, so I began, I started at about 10 years old, I began to babysit my siblings, and then as I got a little older, like my dad said, I began to work at um children, various children's ministry. Uh, we work at, I would work at a kilt club where we'd get, it was an after school program, we'd bring kids in and tell them about Jesus, share, um, you know, show them the love of God, tell them a story, give them, give them some food, you know, give them some dinner and then send them home. And that's kind of how it started. And then I Grew on from there. Later, um, I began to work with in the nursery and then the toddlers at my uh, at the church up there, in Oak Valley Church. And then later, I began to um, like my dad said. I began to work at Awanas for a year, which is actually really cool for me because I've been in Awanas. How many of you have children or know somebody who's gone to Awanas? It, you know, it's really I I enjoyed Awanas. I was in Awanas from Cubbies. All the way up to TNT. And then I became a, a Sparks helper. So that was kind of like, yeah, it's kind of fun. <clears throat> and um, so, you know, over the years, God's just been, you know, training me up, building me up and preparing me to go to Kenya to minister to the children. You know, little did I know when I was eight or when I was even ten, babysitting my siblings, that God was training me up through various things whether, um, to train training me up. To go to Kenya and to speak to hundred to be have given the privilege because uh, it's, it's a real honor and it's a privilege to go to speak to a couple hundreds of kids at various churches. So it's just uh, it's it's just really cool when he revealed that to me. Um, so now I'm gonna I wanted to share with you a couple of things that happened in uh, Kenya and what we did kind of did there. Uh, one of the things we, like my mom said, when we visited, we would visit uh, 14. Ch- we visited 14 churches, and uh, I just wanted to share a story from a couple churches. One of the churches we went to, uh, it was the actually it was the very first church we went to, and it was this church that my uncle and aunt had never been to, be- to before, and the overseer hadn't visited in a long time, so it was kind of like you know this is a new thing. Oh goody, yeah, you know. Going in the unknown. And so we get there. Tiny little village. And we go to the church. Tiny little church. You know, probably about, you know, a like quarter, like a fraction. Like from the fourth row down to the right, to the end of this row, and here. So that's how big the church was. And, you know, so really small. And we get there. We got there a little bit late. Um, service is supposed to start at 10. We get there about 10, 10, 10, 15, and there's four people in the church. Isn't that encouraging? First church of the week! We go to Kenya! And we're all like, yeah, we're gonna go minister people! And there's four people in the church, and we're, it's like, oh, oh, th- yeah, this is great, thank you. Anyways, but um, what was real cool is, uh, there were, you know, the kids, there's just, um, Kenya is a very young nation. There are 41 million people living in Kenya, and uh, we, my uncle, told me this. If I were to take the oldest man in Kenya, and for you know the oldest man in Kenya to the youngest to the newborn child, and equal everybody's age out, the um, the average age of everybody in Kenya, the 41 million people, would be 18. That would be the average age. So Kenya is an extremely young nation. For every one adult, there's 30 kids. So you know, there's a lot of kids. There's, it's a young, young nation. And so we go, and and we we go to the church, and we, you know, we see like maybe five, ten kids, and they're just, they don't go to the church. They're just kind of. You know, village kids, and they come up, and they're like, "Oh, hi, how are you?" And they're just looking at us. What's wrong with your skin? <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, you're like, you're, you're, you look like you're dead or something. <laughs> you are really, you look a little pale there. <laughs> but um, so you know, these these little black kids, they're so, they're just like, wow. You know, they're excited to see the the umzungu, the umzungu, which means the white people. And so, umzungu, umzungu. Oh great, what's that mean? Um, so, we go there and we're like, you know, just kind of talking to the kids. Don't understand a word we're saying. They're like, hi, how are you? And they're just looking at us. We're kind of smiling and stuff. And, uh, so then we go into the service. The end of the, after that, we go into the church. Uh, the church, with the congregation of four people. And we be, we ha, begin to have worship. Actually, a couple more people came because it was like the pastor's wives and another lady or something. Wife, I said wife. I didn't say wives. Wife, wife. <laughs> and a uh, uh, couple ladies. And um, we uh, begin to worship. And afterwards, like my mom said, it was it's really hot there, so we had to find a, a shady spot that we could um, uh, teach the kids in. So we know that we go out with the kids. Cause, um, they're overseer Helim sends us out with the kids, and the kids are following us. And uh, we're looking in the old you know, places for shady spots. Earlier, we were actually looking, and we found this little hallway. And we said, you know, just you know, little hallway thing, probably able to fit 10, 15 kids. We said, is it okay if we use that? And I like, go, oh, sure, sure, yeah, go ahead. So we get, so we're looking around. We're going to the hallway, and we turn around. And the 10 the ten to 15 kids we had earlier is now 20 to 30. Is like between 20 and 30 kids. They're like, yeah, we're not going to be able to go in that hallway. So we're looking around. Finally, we just decided we'd go on the side of the building, kind of sitting under the eaves. And we begin to sit down, and we start to teach them a song. And uh, they, it's a song that we know here. Um, Kids stand up real quick. I want to I want to, we're going to sing to these the adults the song we're going to sing. Okay, stand up. Stand up. Okay. So that was a, a song we taught to a few kids, you know. It was actually quite fun. Uh, they enjoyed it a lot, so it was cool. And uh, I like the protection of the pulpit, sorry. So, uh... <laughs> no, it's fine. Okay, so we teach them a song, and by the end of the song, the... 30 kids that we had has now grown to 50 kids, and now not only do we have like 50 kids sitting here now behind us, the, I turned be- around, I turned around, and I saw behind me between 10 to 20 youth and adults, you know, teenagers, young adults, and even some older adults. So it was really cool. We are not only ministering to the children, we we're also ministering to the adults. Of course, we had a translator, um, but you know, we're start. So it was really cool. Um it was just uh, i'm i'm over- i'm still overwhelmed a little bit by just being able to do this it is so amazing to be used by God and for him to allow me to do this and um again, thank you so much for all your support and all you've done for us so uh yeah thank you oh uh, and we could we you know if we if you got without your support, we would have just you know wouldn't have worked you can't you can't plane tickets aren't free and so it's just oh, thank you so much for all that you helped us and supported us with um but you know god is God is doing something in the Kiranyaka district. It is so cool God is every each church we went to, each of the fourteen churches that we went to, God gave each of us a word, a scripture, or both <laughs> and um we, the way we do it is, um, the, the introductions of the service, it'd be the overseer would come up, Pastor Helam, and he would introduce my aunt because of her being, uh, have, having gone to Kenya so many times, I believe. And then my aunt, so my aunt Trish would come up, and then she would introduce my mom. And then after that, my mom would share a, a word or a verse that God had given her. And then, um, and then my um, aunt would then uh, introduce me and have me come up and bring a word and a verse. And uh, at the beginning of the week, or before I actually left, I, uh, I don't know why, but I we have this little plaque in our living room. And I felt like I just, I don't know why, I got a new camera for Christmas, so it was really cool, so I could take pictures of the trip. And I, before we left, I looked at the plaque and I just said, I want to take a picture of that. I don't know why. I just thought, you know, it'd be cool to have uh, the, a verse on, you know, just a verse to, on my camera to kind of remember it. And uh, so I took the picture and the plaque on the plaque is a verse and it's Jeremiah 29:11. the verse on the slideshow. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. This is a. A really cool verse. Most of us, I'm sure, know it. Um, And it's just, you know, I've always loved that verse. It's just, it's touched me, you know, because it says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. So, I ended up sharing, I ended up sharing that verse at every stinking church. And by the and by the end of the week, and by the end of the week, the rest of the team was like, "Oh boy, here he goes again." Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. <laughs> and uh, but you know what? It was really cool because everything we did, everything that happened in that church, was ordained by God. I believe it was just God just made it work perfectly. The word that um, the overseer would give to the church, the word that my aunt, that my mom, um, and myself. And my Uncle Mike, he would preach these messages. He was like, he was like the printing, he was like the message printing machine. He didn't play, he preached 14 messages in a week, and he didn't prepare with a single one of them. So it was really, it was, it was cool to see that. And, uh, so you know, everything, the message, what happened, the word, uh, everything was just, it worked, it was like, it brought revival to each church. Um, one church we went to, uh, the first church that we went to, the one that had four people in it, by the end of the service, after the service, they're serving us lunch right now, and we begin to, and, um, Uncle Mike, Pastor Overseer Helam, and Bishop Abel begin to minister to the people. That day, six people came to the Lord, and the church bloomed to over, by the end of the day, there were, the church was so packed out that people were standing outside, looking in the doors and windows, so that was really cool. Uh, the second day, it was the the second day we went to a church. And the morning service, it was the day of Pentecost. Ten people were slain in the spirit. They're sitting, these people, they're standing, they're worshiping God, they're praying to receive the Holy Spirit. And there are people sitting in the pews because everybody's pushing up front. So these people are just kind of sitting back in their pews, just kind of standing, praying praising God, worshiping Him, and out of nowhere, they just all of a sudden fall over, slain in the Spirit. Ten people, and like I said, ten people were filled with the Holy Spirit. Later that day, we called it, I like to call it, I should say, uh, the day of Pentecost was the morning service, and then the evening service was the evening of deliverance, because <laughs> um, there was just deliverance going on in that church. Um one lady was um, delivered, I believe, was delivered from a demon or something like that. So that was really interesting to see. That was my first deliverance I saw. So it was kind of like, you know, she was like, literally, this lady's I lying on the floor. She's flopping around like a dead fish. Uh, and I'm like, and somebody leans over to me, and she's like, uh, I think it was the bishop. He leaned over, and she said, he's, she's being delivered. I said, ah, okay, just, okay, that's good to know. So, so it was just so cool. God's just doing so much good in those churches, bringing revival to them. Uh, I want to encourage us all to continue to pray for them, because, you know, to continue to grow, to continue to mature in Christ, to continue to add to their numbers. And, uh, yeah. So, um, now I want to, I'm going to kind of wrap it up now. And, uh, sorry, I'm, okay, I'm going over a little bit. So, uh, you know, it's hard to wrap up two weeks and 15 minutes, honestly. So, uh, so, um, what do you know? Wrap it up. Okay. Okay. So, uh, this is, uh, right now, now I'm kind of, we, um, as you know, last week, well, uh, last week, we went on vacation, and we visited uh, I, uh, the church, ICLV, International Church of Las Vegas, uh, by, who's passed, being pastored by Pastor Paul Goulet. And uh, I was listening to his message, and his message was about commitment. And God really was challenging me to, um, I believe that God has been challenging me to, that I need to begin um, discipling. I feel like God is saying, you know, I need you, I want you to start discipling people. And, uh, and then when I listened to Pastor Paul Goulet's message on commitment, I really felt challenged, like, I need to, you know, I need to be, con- continue to be committed to things. You know, when we went to Kenya, we were committing our time, we were committing our finances. Um, you know, we were committing these things to God. We had, you know, cause you can't just go, oh, to Kenya without any preparation or any commitment whatsoever. You have to dedicate yourself and dedicate your, your, <laughs> You just have to dedicate yourself to the thing that God has called you to do. You know, I believe when you guys prayed for us and um supported us, that was what God called you to commit to, is in supporting us so that we could go to the mission field. So now, I feel like I was saying, you know, you need to start, begin to commit more to your family. You need to commit to your community. Commit to your church. And begin to... uh You know, just continue to to disciple and commit your life. And so that's where I feel God's leading me now. So I want to challenge you in closing. You know, ask yourself, ask God this and ask yourself this throughout this week. You know, what's God committing me to do? Ask him, Lord, what are you committing? What do you want me to commit to? What do I need to do? What's your next step for me? So um, thank you. I love you all. God bless you. I wish, I, I hope that someday, um, you know, I, I look forward to one day we'll all be in heaven. And while we'll, uh, you guys will get to meet the brothers and sisters that I got to meet on the mission field. And maybe, who knows, maybe God willing, uh, you'll meet some of them before then. So, uh, love you. God bless you. Thank you.
0: Thank you. That's a great way to go out. You know what? God what is it that you're calling us to? And and I do appreciate so much everyone's support in sending them, you know, getting behind the missionaries that are on the wall, getting behind the things that are going on, but on top of all those things, um what is it that God is calling you specifically to? And we'll, next week we'll get the message that I prepared for today and uh <laughs> um But it was, it was, it's on those lines. God, what is it? You know, God is calling each and every one. He's gifted each and every one of us in this room for specific works. And I'm looking out at people who, who are traveling and speaking and doing ministries on their own. But God is calling each of us, uh, to something. And that's what we want to think. God, what is it that you're calling me to? I believe He's calling all of us to more than just finances. That's a huge thing. It is. You know, how can they go unless they're sent? But but individually, all of us come in contact with people. Who? What's He calling you to commit to? And we want to go that this week and really be open open heart. God, it's a lost and dying world. There's neighbors that need encouragement. There's poor that need to be be fed and clothed. God, what is it that you would have me connect myself to? Stir up these things. Stir up the gifts within us. And and come back next week hungry to to hear. We're going to talk about spiritual giftings and things that God is calling us to. But Father, I thank you so much for the body of Christ here at Christian Center. God, for its faithfulness, for its generosity. God, for its commitment to you. Lord, I thank you that you have a plan for us as individuals, but you have a plan for this congregation. God, you have a plan and a purpose. God, it's not to harm us, God, but it's for a hope and a future. Lord, and I pray that we would press into you more and more and begin to hear that plan. And understand why you've called us together here as the body of Christ at Big Bear Christian Center. That we might fulfill the purposes you have individually and corporately as a body. Lord, I pray a blessing upon everybody in this room. Pray that they'd be stirred up, Lord, in the testimonies, in the life that they see, lives that they see of ordinary people just giving of their time and going to missions. Ordinary people giving of their time and working around in the community doing different things. Encourage us. Father, help us to hear your voices as you lead us into the things that you have for us. God, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.